I mean, it's easy. I, I do find it easy to get obsessed with work. So a place of energy, and I'm speaking metaphorically now for me is, is always curiosity. If I can find something to be curious about, which we always can, right? I get, I get an influx of energy from that, but I also wanted it to be something that was, that had no relevance to what I was doing, no real relevance to, or, or value or, you know, whatever to everyday life. And there's a fantastic book for that called The Etymologican by a guy called Mark Forsyth. Now I've talked about Forsyth before. He wrote the fantastic Elements of Eloquence book, which is a sort of a, a really interesting take on the various figures of rhetoric and persuasion and language. And, you know, he's a fantastically interesting, knowledgeable writer about the English language. And the, the Etymologican is in the same kind of vein in some respects, but it's just really a, a kind of a romp through the history of some of the interesting words in the English language. So it has no, no practical use, but it's just fascinating. And one of the words I came across yesterday was his, his discussion of, of how we got to this particular word. I'm going to go backwards in time. Let's go back, come back with me now to, to the, uh, to the sort of the pre-Roman pre-Roman Europe, and we're, we're particularly looking at, in France at the Gauls, and the Gauls had this word brague, and I'm not pronouncing, I'm not going to try and pronounce it in French, but B-R-A-G-U-E, I'm reading, so I have to take notes for this one, um, that meant trousers. And of course the Romans, when they, when they bulldozed through France and the rest of Europe, the Romans all wore togas, so they had no word for trousers, so this word brague stayed, and it actually... Well, it was actually the, the Gaulish word, excuse me, was bracca, B-R-A-C-C-A, but, but it, it turned into the word brog, which was the early French word for trousers. And then if we move on a thousand years or more to the 15th and 16th century, you've suddenly got this fashion, this fashion item called the codpiece. Now, if you're not familiar with the codpiece, first of all, you should watch the first couple of seasons of Blackadder, I'd, su I'd suggest, but, but the codpiece was this kind of the, the thing that fitted on the front of men's trousers, and it could be a, like a simple flap of cloth. It could be like a pouch. It could be like, well, you know, they had, they had some pretty impressive constructions. Some of these guys who, who perhaps were comp compensating for something. And when the French were looking for a word to describe this thing, they took their bra, which meant trousers and transferred it into braguette, which means in French, little trousers. So that makes sense, right? And of course, some of these trousers, some of these little trousers weren't actually so little in the real world. And when we get to someone like Henry VIII, and Henry VIII is who um, Forsyth talks about in this, in the book, Henry VIII, for whatever reason, had a most impressive codpiece. In fact, it, it kind of curled upwards and met the plate at the bottom of his stomach. So, <laughs> when, and somewhere along the line, somewhere along the line, um, and this is, this is the time when we're building amazing buildings and constructing cathedrals or something. And they didn't have a word for the kind of the, the structural support that, that held up, held up parts of these structures. And they decided that they were, they were really looking at something that looked a lot like cod pieces and they called them braggots 
B-R-A-G-G-E-T-S. Now, sometime later, not long later, uh, there's a guy called Captain John Smith, who you may have seen accurately portrayed, I'm sure, in the Pocahontas movie. He, John Smith, wrote a dictionary, a seaman's grammar and dictionary, in fact. And he talked about brackets, but in that book, he called them, you're getting it, aren't you? Brackets. And the name and the spelling kind of stuck. And, and what we find is later on, I think there's a book in 1711, according to Forsyth, the Primitive Christian Revived book by a guy called William Whiston, who actually used this, this visual construction of brackets to, to div he was, um, he was quoting things in English and then giving a I think it was a Greek translation or it might be the other way around. I can't remember, but, but he, he, he used brackets to define the, the translation, right? And of course that usage exploded because it can be quite useful to have a bracket to, to have a, an extension to a thought that isn't necessarily necessary. And it's one of the reasons why obviously next to your P key on your keyboard, you have two cod pieces essentially. And I love that. I love the, um, the depth of that. And in fact, that's, that's, you know, maybe, maybe just tenuously, we can bring this back around to, to the stuff that I do talk about usually stories, meaning business. The, the fantastic thing about this is it has depth because real authentic kind of storytelling, it's not just on the surface, is it? Big businesses, real businesses that have lasted, that have, you know, that are, that are not kind of short term in their view. They have history. They have depth. When we tell stories, when we can bring people into our world, our world has depth too. And it's one of those things where, you know, once you, you think about the cod pieces on your keyboard, you can't look at your keyboard the same in the same way. Right. And it's one of those things that sticks because even just did that little thing, it's just an interesting story. It's an interesting story and it, and it speaks to history and evolution and language. And yeah, I just, it really cheered me up yesterday to get to remind you, we'll get to tell you, show you what Forsyth told me, which is we have copies on our keyboard. <laughs> okay. Thanks for listening. Remember that your story means business. And if you want to dig deeper into the stuff that I do, search online for story.business. Bye now.